new fall savings start right now at Prairie Gardens. This week, the entire selection of fall silk stems, branches and berries, garlands and bushes are 30% off. Save 25% off select Woodwick and Milk House candle scents. Beautiful table textile groupings, placemats, napkins and more are just $1.97 each. Plus, haunting finds await with spooktacular savings on Halloween decor at Prairie Gardens. Extraordinary gardening, home decor, and more. Well, good morning. I'm Tamara McDaniel, and this is Plant Experts. Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. We are here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign, corner of Springfield and Duncan. So come out and join us if you can. You can also join us by phone at 217-356-9397. That's 356-WDWS. Or you can text us at 351-5357. We have our experts standing by, including Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning, John Weisgarver. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Steve Brown. Hi there, Tamara. Good morning. And we have a special guest today. Back after the pandemic, we've missed you so. Jack DeVroomen, our bulb expert. Good morning. Good morning. It's so good to be back. Thank you. It's it's wonderful to have you back. It's like uh, it's been three years. Isn't that amazing? I know. Yeah. Because before Crazy. that, you you've been coming here year after year, even before I took over. If I'm oh right, yeah, Jack's been on the radio every year for a, a few, long time. Yeah, <laughs> coming here since the early '80s. So that's a long Ed time Kelly ago. and <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you know the whole routine better than I do. He's part of the family. <laughs> he really is. You know, for those people that don't know, and how many you're the what generation? Fifth, I'm, I'm third generation. Third generation. Um, Jack's family has owned a bulb, I'll say a bulb company. He can explain what they do uh, much better than I did. But I, well, I, there's some questions I've never asked about your grandfather and how they got started. And, and you know, because here in the States, you know, history lessons, you think, oh, well, the, the Dutch were tra- traders all over the world, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, that bulbs were even a form of currency at one point in time to some extent and you know they had value and things like that but there's this big gap from this from the 1400s and 1600s to your grandfather so I, how, did, how did you guys even get started in the well we, we were lucky to live in the flower bulb area to start off with is the dunes area between uh, the Hague and Amsterdam and it, it was uh, Clusius who brought back some some tulips from Turkey in 1600 and they seem to drive very well in our area because of the sandy soil and that good drainage. And of course, people remember that the first uh, um, market crash was about tulips. They were trading That's tulips right. for houses and cows. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and at some point, of course, everybody was growing tulips. So there were too many tulips, so the, the market crashed. Wow. Mm. That's, and, and we never learned from it, right? Yeah, you're right. Well, they still too many hold tulips. a tremendous value. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That doesn't compute to Marianne, right? Too many tulips? Too many tulips? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> How could that be? So, okay, the name of the company is what, uh, De Vrooman Bulb? Or? De Vrooman Bulb, yeah. Okay. I think we now call it De Vrooman Garden Products because okay. we do more than bulbs. We do perennials. We do uh, uh, some hard goods, some succulents. Yes, to, 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 to stay year-round. But this is our main focus is the tulips. And daffodils. And anybody who wanted to check out, the, you have a website, I'm sure. We have a website, but we only wholesale bulbs. 
Oh, okay. So you can look at the website, look at the pretty pictures, but that's you got to come it. to Prairie Gardens to buy them. That's all I wanted, though. I wanted I wanted them to be able to find some beautiful yes. pictures from uh, the piece that you're showing us now here at this the This location store. we have in Gurney, that is the wholesale location for refills in Illinois. So we're a local company, actually, now. Good. Well, and, and I just remember you're, you're talking over the years that Chicago was a main hub. I mean, Chicago and Toronto, I believe, mm-hmm. and Still is, yeah. uh, were just major hubs of, of business for these guys and so 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 back to when your grandfather got started so you, you guys lived in that area, we lived in that area how did yeah, he get yeah. an interest in that for a trade or a business i mean he didn't just he, he worked for somebody and then he decided to start his own company or how well, did that work well actually my great grandfather my, my, my grandfather's dad had a company and he had three sons and, he, and they split up but he was he had a choice to work to make boats or to grow bulbs uh-huh. And he was more like a, 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 a man with green hands. Okay. And he liked it, so that's how he got started. And then he got three sons, and he thought my grandfather was capable enough to start his own company. So he, he started his own company, and that's where I came from. With my, my dad, he, he had three sons, and we had three sons, and, and I'm over. My fourth generation is in Kentucky, and that family is, is related to me, and they're going to continue the business for the future. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. That's wonderful. So uh, we're happy to uh, to uh, continue again for another generation. That's fantastic. That is yeah. awesome. That is good. Wow. So That's amazing. I see that you brought your own little selection that you've picked out. Well, of course, the last three years have changed a lot in, in not only uh, through the pandemic, but people home garden. Uh, they reinvented gardening in a way that we like it get stones out of the driveway put bulbs in or perennials or whatever mm-hmm. but we also see people starting their own cut flower part um, one thing that's happening in the world is that the p- price of of transportation and air, f- air freight is going up so much you see a lot of more production in local flowers and people get into it by doing it themselves so we have made some blends that are beautiful pinks or purples or, or, or two tones oh. that are great for cut flowers um, and uh, we encourage people to plant some more bulbs and cut your own in the spring. That's a great idea. I love that. In well, fact, there's a, I think it's a hyacinth that is blooming right next to a, a corn row out in the country. Next to a corn you, row. You That's just, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and you just notice, it's like, oh, Isn't that pretty? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but of course, we don't forget about people living on the patio or they have a small garden. We also created some packages that, uh, that that are suitable for container growing, but keeping in mind that you need to still give them that 12 weeks of cold below 45. So put them in the basement or a cold spot to get them rooted, get them well established for spring. And then not expose them to Midwest temperatures in the container either. Right. You don't want to stay. You don't want to bring them outside before March. Yeah, because they would they would freeze. Yeah. Freeze yep, and be yep. mushy. Hmm. Been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was going to ask you about your Christmas cactus this morning. Oh, gosh, I just <laughs> thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I, I leave my Christmas cactus outside under a bush, so they're protected mm-hmm. pretty much. Well, but a under current temperatures, yes. Yeah, okay. So a couple of years ago, I actually left it out until, gosh, it was almost Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Yeah. And, well... They didn't make it, but um, one day, I just a year before that, I just was walking in and saw this pink thing under the bush. I'd totally forgotten they were there, and the the plant was full of buds. It was just beautiful. 
bloomed beautifully that year. So I will go home this af- this evening and, and take my well, I don't know. If you, I mean, if, if you make it through tonight or tomorrow night, then you're home free again for at yeah. least another week, right? I, yes, exactly, because it's supposed to warm up again pretty nicely. But no, yeah, it really. is. I always look at it as what's the lesser of the evils. I mean, is, is if you maybe you protect it a little bit, but there's a lot of plants that would rather be outdoors now than inside. Yeah, still for sure. Um, you know, if you could say about forty or above at night. Yeah, you know, not everything, but there's some things that would be happier. I did bring my palm trees inside. Did you? Yeah, it it's a little dense inside. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I have five palm trees that are over six feet tall. Some of them eight feet. Some mm. of them maybe one of them even more. Mm. Did you nice. put them in the garage or in the greenhouse or the shed? Yes. Or I can't remember. Everywhere. Yes. She, when you have that many palm trees, you have to put them there. You, you put them where you can. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, that's the, the one thing. I mean, the bulbs are somewhat geographical by their nature. So uh, in the States, Jack, about how far south, where, where does it cut off in terms of saying, hey, we're not cool enough to have that period of good time point. where we can enjoy yeah. it. That's a good question. It used to be the Mason-Dixie line. Okay. The Mason-Dixie oh, really? line, we, uh, we, we, we pre-cool the bulbs. For instance, we do Orlando Park District and we bring them in October 1st and we cool them till January 1st. Uh-huh. And then that last four weeks they get themselves but then they are beautiful and tall. But I guess with the climate change a little bit, it's a little bit going up that, that line. Mm. Be warming up a little bit more too much for for certain areas. So mm. What kind of temperature do they need to be subjected to to well, be chilled? At least twelve weeks, I would say below at least below fifty Fahrenheit. Okay. Okay. And is this something where you could just stick them in the fridge in the back of a bin? Uh, you could, but then I prefer that you plant them and that they root in the fridge. Yeah, you can oh, do that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Plant huh? them. <laughs> plant them in a little container and put them in the fridge so they yeah. root. And, really? and then you well, can bring them outside in the spring. They're not okay. going to dehydrate uh, easily. They'll have a good root system. Right. Yeah. And the transition to waking up in the spring is much easier because they have an established root system. They're That's ready right. to go. Yeah. See, that Steve is, is right there because if you plant them in the spring and, and it warms up and there's hardly any roots, they're going to fall down. Yeah. So you and need to get them rooted. It's amazing oh. how many things you think of, you, you talk about, and all of a sudden in the back of your head you hear Marv Carboneau. Mm-hmm. Tell, telling you all this stuff. Yes, and, yeah, uh, and we miss J- Marv quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Jack and his dad were good friends of Marv. Uh, he was uh, <coughs> certainly one of the most inspirational instructors over at the U of I in the Hort Department. Yeah, and he actually was uh, he was known nationwide for his for his classes in bulbs and, and perennials. Yeah, really. Yep, a good guy. Very good guy. So, so theoretically, you should have a. a Fridge in the garage just to plant your bulbs. Oh, that's not a beer fridge. That's yeah. a bulb make a, fridge. Make a couple <laughs> shelves at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, instead of the the drinks. Yeah, yeah. Good idea. I like yeah. that. <laughs> hmm. There'll probably be a run on fridge. I'll, I'll work on that. Fridge uh, <laughs> space now, right? Yeah. Okay. So, are you actually going to plant some of those things yourself, Marianne, or were you just bringing on uh, some? bulbs here to talk about on the what show. What I brought up were, were some of my very favorites and, and of course the Schubertii. I love Allium oh. Schubertii. Yeah. I, I, this year I, the heads from last year or from this spring actually um, I usually spray paint them and stick them back in the garden but this year I left them natural and the stems broke off of course but I laid them in top of, of a uh, uh, evergreen shrub. It looks really cool. 
Nice. But at any rate, that's one of that's one of my favorite alliums. But this year, you guys, this is really awesome. This tulip, and it's it's called Go Go Red. It does not look like a tulip. It does not look a like a tulip. tulip I it's it's say. a real spidery tulip. I love that. I love that. It's funny. I don't like spider daylilies, but I do love the spider tulip. Really interesting. But the one I'm actually going to plant, I believe, is this narcissus that has a little green eye in mm-hmm. it, um, called Princess. Z- Zade. Zaid, right? Yeah. Oh, wow, that was a good guess. I love that. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. And and you were talking about the blends. I love this tulip blend of of the red and and oh, white yes. and red and white. Just gorgeous. Sweet swirl. Is that yes. Now is that it's, an early spring? It's like peppermint colors. Well, I don't have my glasses on. If you want to know that, you'll have to read the package. Yeah, and that's it. The other thing. Actually, it's a late spring <laughs> flowering mix. Okay. Blend, okay. And, uh, and I'm glad you picked it because we have more blends made prepared already for customers. Those are lovely blends. And, and people seem to take them. And, 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 and the nice part of it is you have a bigger, a bigger uh, surroundings of bulbs because if you plant three or four it doesn't yeah, do it so yeah. well. But if you plant a impact. blend like yeah. that, it really shows off. A mass planting is beautiful. And then your neighbor will says, hey, uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and tell me one bulb that's more effective by itself than in a small grouping or a larger mass planting. I can't. Well, maybe an allium globe massive will do it. But, but, but that's about <laughs> maybe. it. Maybe. Because but, but, those look, maybe. but those look pretty cool when yeah, there's. What a mass planting would look like, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I but do love that. I do love this little grape hyacinth too, with a little white top on it. That's cute, Helena. Oh, yeah. But I like I like that you've made the blends because it makes it easy for people. Where where yeah. you think, oh, I like pink and I like this one, and what am I going to put with it? And it's just a no brainer because yeah. you've already done it. Okay, so let me ask you guys a question. Usually we say don't plant until October something or Ish, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Would you guys plant your bulbs now or not? Well, coming in to Chicago last week and I see the temperatures, it will be very fast that the bottom, the bottom heat goes down. And we always say if it's, it's, it's around 55 or lower, it's a good time to plant bulbs. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I watch the soil temperatures pretty much and I forget. We know to, that. I, oh, okay. So I, I try to wait until the I soil. I didn't remember that. Oh, no, no. Okay, guys. We don't, we don't say. What, we, just make fun of me. We don't, I don't we, we, don't, we don't say, what was the score at the game last night? We say, <laughs> what, what's, what's the soil temperature, well, Mary Well, of course right, you know. Why would know. you want to know the ball game score? Jamie, <laughs> Christmas. No, I, I try to wait until it's under 50. The soil temperature is underneath 55. Which is, we're getting pretty close. So, yeah, you know. I think so, too, because uh, this night temperatures really helps. Yeah, it absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely uh, it does. So when so. you pour the ice yeah. cubes out of your drink on top of the bulbs, if you're planting a little bit early, yeah. just to kind of say, well, whatever works, drop you know? it down yeah. a degree or two. You, you know, that's funny you say that, because I used to have a lot of customers in, in different parts of the country that were warmer climates, and, and they do stuff like that. They take dry ice out to where they planted, like a perennial that need to be cold or, mm-hmm. or tulips and try the dry ice thing on them. It's like, uh, whatever. I'm never going to be, wow. feel like I I'm obsessive compulsive about move, anything. I'll move first, that. you know, I'll move first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Okay. So if you, you probably could plant now and if, and if you did plant now, the danger is not the, parts inside the bulb because the parts are probably fully developed inside the bulb at this point in time, right? It's just a matter of you don't want to get a lot of top growth. Uh, You're right. You, you, focus and, on the and you won't get top growth if temperature is going down at all. Um, one exception, if you leave muscaries in the ground, grape hyacinths, in the fall you'll see green leaves, but that's okay. 
They'll go back and come back again in the flowers in the spring. The leaves will come back in the spring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. That's good. To um, of course, when plant now, uh, the main uh, care is to make the soil loose underneath and go about six, eight inches deep and for the small bulbs, two to four inches deep. And drainage is very important. See, we are used to sandy soil. We have no issues with drainage, but here, more hardy clay, clay soils and type, mm. make sure the ground is loose underneath the bulbs so there's no water in the winter in the hole good and good um, and that will save for not going bad but also making good root system for the spring in the summer when they really need it so marianne i believe you'd add compost to the soil i absolutely would dig down deeper than what the bulb yeah. was intended to be planted yeah. and then yeah. go ahead and lay the bulbs in and yep. fill it in yep pointy side up pointy side up how can you fail yep well, but not too can. much deeper well, right but just like an inch yeah, well, or two no, right? you, well you can dig it down as much deeper as you want to to get a good root system in because i would assume the root system on a tulip would probably be another four to six inches lower than the bottom of the bulb at least yeah you know wow. so why not go ahead and go the extra mile and so you know so if that's the case you might be digging your hole 12 inches or 14 inches deep loosening the soil and then coming back through and planting at the proper depth of six or eight inches right. or for a larger bulb or don't don't be afraid to, to plant too deep uh particularly when you do daffodils i brought some daffodils blends with me here uh, uh, daffodils are great for naturalizing and if you plant them too not deep enough they get too heat too warm too too soon in the spring and the summer oh. so if you want to naturalize go at least six to eight inches to make sure the ground is cool still in the summer as well and this way you naturalize new bulbs for next year. And I can't emphasize enough to not be lazy when you're doing that and maybe actually measure to see how deep it is or if you have a tool that you're using, maybe put a mark on the tool. That, because by our nature, we often cut corners, <laughs> you know? Yep. No. Guesstimate. Yeah. So go ahead and it's going to take very little extra effort to go the true depth of versus that's ah, about right. And then just get the results that you want that yeah, way. Yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah, and especially with tulips where you know you have squirrels, like I have Squirrel City. Cause they'll squirrel be City? Yeah, they'll be, <laughs> really? they'll be digging squirrel like crazy Becca. to dig them up. So the deeper you can get them, the better. Yeah. They're crazy. This so year. you don't have to put chicken wire on top of the soil where you plant because you plant deep enough and it's not an issue? or That's an extra precaution, absolutely. So put what, chicken wire on it? Yeah. Not around it, but you'll actually the, lay it in the soil oh, and the, the bulb will grow the up through the yeah. chicken wire. You won't yeah. see it that way, and they still stick the nose up through the chicken wire easily. Yeah. Seems like it would give them a little more sturdiness, too, possibly. Mm. Nah, if they're that really. deep, they don't need it. Yeah. Okay. No. They don't need it. That's cool. But I think uh, when we were talking about soil prep early, earlier, uh, where I live is that hard, nasty clay soil and it's so important a lot of times when it's so hard a lot of times i'll go out and i'll soak the area down so that it can get moist and you know a few days before and then of course i'll get my 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 pickaxe out (laughs) and instead of just planting the if i'm going to plant some tulips or or daffodils I'm not going to just dig one little hole for each one. No. I'm going to prep that whole area. Yeah. And, and then, then you add your compost. So what do you? What bulbs did you bring with you to the show here, Johnny? Well, 
I picked up, like Marianne, this tulip. It's called actually called yellow spider. It is wow. just really different. I love the 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 leaf petals on it. It almost looks like a, a what do you call that? I don't know. It's just so cool and unique. But I love the color. I love yellow. Almost mm-hmm. looks like a daffodil, but not really. Kind of. That's really cool. But yeah, okay. it's just different. Really I guess different. I'll plant some too. I love it. <laughs> and then the other thing, I have a big naturalized area of uh, the galanthus or snowdrops yeah. and daffodils combination. So I want to add some purple. And I bought this little blue hill iris. Oh, that's nice. I think it'll be a different texture. Is that going to be a later bloomer with your dad? Yeah, see, this one's going to bloom into May, I believe. Earlier. Earlier. March, April. Yeah, March, April. But it'll be after your snowdrops. It'll be after the snowdrops, and then probably about the same time as the as the dafts. Uh, yeah. That'll be really cool. I love yeah. the Christatas. Those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and it's this is a planned way to mimic what you already enjoy out there in the woods in terms of that forest floor. Yeah. With all the wildflowers yeah. just kind of coming in a wave and a progression. And then you see them, the earlier ones decline and the middle ones decline, the late ones decline. So mm. it just it's just ebbing and flowing. And you're doing the same thing by what you got going on here. Yeah. Nice. Last year I started a, a, a new area of daffodils and muscari. And it turned out pretty nicely. So I might want to add to that too. Okay. Back to your city of squirrels or whatever you call it <laughs> so uh, rabbits galore you have deer you have all kinds of stuff. deer so no so rabbits. other than that tulip that you were kind of flashing around there most everything else you're talking about are things that are naturalizing and then the animals yeah. don't particularly go don't after usually bother it not really interesting well other than the tulips right yeah. well I mean, but because the daffodils, for instance, are poison for not only for people but also for animals. So peop- the animals are not stupid; they know that they're going to leave your daffodils alone. Yeah. And since uh, uh, <laughs> they don't eat, and and and, and so do galanthus. So we have a little sign here that says, uh, "Animal animals don't like it. They don't like it." Oh. But they, but tipping up your daffodils. Uh, what we found out is that people used to plant trumpets or, or, or miniatures but now we made some combinations that we have uh, for instance this Mamma Mia collection that has uh, uh, the trumpets and the large flowering but also uh, the, the bicolor that has multi-flowering stamps and they make great combinations That's because gorgeous. they not only flower different times but you got a much longer flowering period that way too and I see uh, this one that this is the one I bought last year, Jack. The father and son. Is that pretty? It's got the yellow and the orange trumpets. And then for you, it's mother and daughter. And the mother and daughter. Thank you. <laughs> oh. I, those are just beautiful combos. Those are gorgeous. This is Prairie Gardens Plants Experts Live, and we have special guest Jack DeVroom, our DeVroom, De, you know, DeVroomen. <laughs> Jack. Just you you just call him Jack. Jack. Feel free to give us a call at 217-356-9397 or text 351-5357 and uh, take advantage of Jack being here. Ask any bold questions you might have. And Jack will be here after the show. Uh, so at 10 o'clock, he's going to have a little discussion on, I believe, alliums. And, and, and then, of course, after the show, after the presentation, he is there to answer any questions you might possibly have about bulbs from awesome. 1030 to 11. So come out and join us. Yeah. 
What did you pick up in the, on the wall? Uh, just a couple of hyacinths that are all the way over there. And uh, smell fabulous, I'm sure, in the spring. That's, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and and we'll just use them as a cut uh, flower nice. more than anything. Yeah. And so um, they're actually in a raised bed uh, where some peonies are and, it, and not planted together because it's any kind of great look by any means. It's just a cut. And so... Uh, and, nice. And... and when you cut hyacinths, make sure you, you you take them all the way from the bulb, and you can take the stem inside the bulb also, so you have a longer stem. Wow. Really? That's, that's, how the, that's why a lot of cut flower hyacinths are grown in Holland these days. They yeah. just have a machine that, that take the bulb out, so you have a long stem. Well, I'm not ah. going to be doing that. Uh, <laughs> just take a knife and boom, Yeah, boom, we'll, and, we'll uh, go down below yeah, the soil yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. that's a good point. We'll go a little bit deeper. Because if you cut them, they won't come back anyway. Yeah. What okay. is the average height of a hyacinth? Because they're just a lot. Oh, they smell. They smell. The oh, average height is right. um, about eight inches, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like six, that. six, eight inches. But yeah. that—that's the whole flowerscape. It's not just the stem. I just do the flower. Okay. No, I just remember I had tried um, the Peter Stuyvesant hyacinths mm-hmm. uh-huh. one time, and they were just so short. I didn't know if I had done something wrong, or I mean, the. They were probably only eight on eight inches total off the ground. There you go. That was okay. It was all right. We have a text at three five one five three five seven. Remember, if you feed your squirrels in a spot, say the end of a driveway, uh, they leave the plants alone. Hmm. Well, wow. probably have learned that the driveway is not a good place to hang out. Collar must have a long driveway. <laughs> it extends over into three blocks away. Yeah. That's an interesting tip, though. We appreciate it. Well, I can relate to that to some huh? extent. Not because of feeding them at the end of the driveway, but um, I see squirrels about five or 600 feet away from my house. Because that's where the trees are that they're hanging out in, and they seldom come up to the house or the garden area. Yeah. Some hate them, some love them when it comes to squirrels. But uh, that is a concern for for people who don't really know a lot about bulbs. You, you see them scooping things up and burying and whatnot when they get ready for winter, and they they do go after the bulbs, don't they? And two good tips that you've mentioned before that we could reiterate. With well, another tip is planting maybe some fritillaria around it, like they they smell like a skunk, or some oh, some some, some daffodils, or fritillarias, okay. uh, or daffodils or hyacinths, uh, and they know they're poisoned, and so they if you plant them around your tulips, most of the time they leave the tulips alone as well. So maybe make some combinations. And there's some combination packets that have tulips and daffodils in one package to make it easy. So three good tips. One is just that. Do some companion bulbs that are uh, animal resistant, if you will, to, to help mask the tulips and things like that. That may not keep the rabbit from going there and clipping them off later on, but it'll keep the squirrel from digging them up. One is to plant a little bit deeper. Uh, so plant those large bulbs a full eight inches deep. And, and the it's small okay ones, to go that deep. Yeah, and the small ones may be closer to three or four inches deep versus just one or two inches deep. And then the other one is to lay some of the chicken wire on top of the soil and just barely cover it up so the bulbs will grow up through it. Right. So you could treat those pesky animals. But once they do come up, and I'm attracted to some of these tulips that Marianne and John brought to the table here, 
So I, I'm, I have very few parts of my garden, vegetable garden, that are fenced in, but that's where these cuts are. But I actually have some strawberries that are fenced in. And I think I'm going to plant some of these tulips in amongst the strawberries. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, why not? They're going yeah. to coexist just fine together. Absolutely. And, 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 and you know, you always have to surprise women, not disappointment. So you plant some bulbs and give them some flowers in the spring, right, Steve? Exactly. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Well, uh, I like what we were discussing earlier about about cutting them and taking them indoors. I mean, sometimes you're in the house and it's cold and you're not out, always outside. I think, why not take you mean it? like spring of 2022? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That was a long tulip season. I, I, oh, I was, was a it? very uh, long tulip yeah. season. But too long. Great <laughs> season. Extended, yeah. Yeah. But cool that's, that's a good way to do it. You know, you can't, if you can't see it from inside, cut it and bring it in. So the cats can eat it? That's great. Yeah, I love it. Well, I, I think that, but to your point, I'm not saying it doubles your pleasure of the of enjoying bulbs in the landscape, but it really does. I mean, there's a, yeah. there's a purpose for bulbs to yeah. be seen up closer from a distance when you're outdoors, but it, it brings on a whole new light, especially when yeah. we're still starving for color in March and April around here. And Just to go ahead right. and simply cut them and bring them in. And, Absolutely. And if the house is not super warm, you know, you're going to get at least three to five days out of them, and you might get seven days or more yeah. out of them oh, inside yeah, easily, the house. Easily, easily. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. yeah, it's a great thing to do. Yep. And you could just stage it. It's not like you have to cut everything at one time. Oh, no. And then, of course, every couple of days... You know, give a fresh cut and change the water out extends the life too. Makes me think of when I was a kid and we we used to celebrate May Day um, oh. by taking flowers to your neighbors and you know hanging them on the door sure. doorknob and uh, you you pick the flowers wherever wherever it you, wasn't necessarily your own yard. You got out of your <laughs> got out of your victory garden and after yeah, you, there you did go. all the produce from the victory garden, oh, you went yeah. did the May Day thing. Did the huh? May Day thing? That's yeah. good. Right. I just did a lot of yellow, pretty dandelions. I was going to say there was always dandelions, <laughs> not not so often tulips, but certainly dandelions. That's right. So, in, 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 if besides hyacinths, Jack, and besides paper whites, what else would be the, some of the more fragrant bulbs inside the, the home if you were to use them as a cut? Well, those, those are probably the, 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 the major ones. There's some tulips that have fragrancy. Of course, daffodils have their own smell. Um, but those are the two major ones, really, that, that have Puree, fragrance, hyacinths, and paper whites. And there's nothing better to walk in a home in April and have that fragrance of the of the hyacinths just oh, yeah. permeating the home. Mm. That's, that's and it uh, really does do that. Will, yes, it just absolutely. Permeates. It's really lovely. It's like, wow, is there a grandma convention in here? What's going on? <laughs> no, <laughs> it isn't that bad. Just, Watch it. <laughs> Not that that would be bad. Wait. No, no. Yeah. No. Let me no, backpedal. No. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so are some of the iris fragrant too? No, not so much. No, no, not so much. No. There's one, uh, and I and I mentioned that before. Frizzlers, you don't want to put it in your house because like they like skunks. <laughs> but but for outside, they're good. Yeah, they're good. But but fragrancy and and in uh, bulbs is uh, those are the two major ones. But when you cut fresh daffodils in the spring, you can smell them as well. Fresh, oh, that's interesting. Fresh daffodils. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, from, yeah from we enjoy those. Yeah, yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For so sure. Just beautiful. And, John, I love how you pointed out that 
you have places around in your yard that you don't really get to see from the windows inside your home. Exactly. Yeah. And so you can kind of yeah bring those in too. It's oh okay. It's neat. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of interested in how you actually produce the bulbs, where where you actually grow them, and then what the process might be to. That's a good to, question. Good question. Yeah. Uh, tulips uh, are, for instance, are a two-year crop. When okay. you plant a, t- a tulip now, a big tulip, that's that's a, a result of a two-year. And when you plant a large cup like this a tulip, and you do it yourself as well, and you dig, you would dig them in the spring, you would see that they'll split up in three, four different tulips. Now the f- the, the main one will make another flower, but the other ones will multiply, and that's we where we peel them off and plant them again for next year. Uh-huh. So it's a it's a it's a it's a p- pretty big process, and uh, we're only s- uh, exporting flowering size tulips, starting 10, 11, 11, 12, 12 and up. But Prairie Gardens only has the twelves and up, right? Only the top size. Uh, daffodils is kind of the same way. Uh, you you kind of split them. Now hyacinths, uh, Steve's favorite, is different because hyacinths you have to hurt on the bottom where you put crossings on the bottom. So you take away the main flower and you put them in a heat room, they call it, in October, September, October. Then they multiply little bulbs and then you plant them and then they will split up up by themselves in the spring. You dig them and you grow another year and you got a big big bulb. So hyacinth is a a very different process. That's interesting. Very different process. Yeah, Um, neat. But we like to bring in new ones all the time too so we we do hybridize and we but we take hundreds of different kinds that we uh, uh, get together and uh, after four or five years we see the first flower so it's a long process and after 10 years we know if it's a good variety right so it's a long way to get new varieties it doesn't happen overnight no yeah sounds like a lot of property too yeah it it does oh that's a good point Yeah. yeah The spider tulips, I don't know if I've ever seen them before. So are they, have they been around? Are they just now becoming more popular? Well, what they, what they did is they, they put lily flowering and double flowering um, mutations together, or they, they hybridized them. So they get different, different looking tulips now. Um, mm-hmm. Same with the parrots. Parrots were found because they gave tulips a hot temperature treatment. And then Interesting. the flowers kind of got weird, and they, that's how the parrots came along. Do we have any parrots here so we could show? Um, I don't. I uh, think in the um, that's not a parrot, but it's close. That red, the red one with the real fringy. Oh, but it, it's, it's similar. A, it's fringe. This is the, the parrot. Edges it's, are uh, very frilly. Oh, that's beautiful. Different colors, um, late flowering. Wow. Okay. And they got pure blacks and uh, oh, darker maroon yes. and two tones oh, and purples. Yeah, black parrots. So That's they were derived dumb. from uh, kind of mutations, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Are um, wow. Darwin hybrids still as popular as they once were, or are they kind of not so much because people are wanting the more unusual things? Well, actually, uh, Steve, that's a good question because we all remember that uh, originally the apple drones, the golden apple mm-hmm. ones, yeah. but there's a whole new breeding of uh, uh, pride tulips in down hybrids and in impression tulips. For instance, these are all impression tulips. There's a big rainbow mix and uh, 
you can also see there's a purple, purple pritinum. Mm-hmm. So the first breakthrough in Darwin Hybris was a purple. We also we always had to go to Triumph tulips to find tulips that are purple, but now we have Darwin Hybrids. And I'm glad you brought it up because these are also called the perennial tulips. Yeah. Right. So are, are though are in a broad sense are Darwin's or the impression tulips used mainly by municipalities uh, more and more for the big show in the yeah. large beds more and more, and they do come back easier because they only need seven eight weeks of growth after they're done flowering well most tulips need 10 to 12 and with the climate being so warm here after spring those will perform better in the perennialization bed or you could have a zealous gardener who whacks the whacks the foliage off prematurely (laughs) i know i shouldn't do that but i do i left them on until after memorial day this year Uh, it was a struggle believe me (laughs) That's a good. That's a good thing to do. But uh, but, uh, like daffodils, tulips, uh, you want them to come back next year. You better wait till they turn turn yellow, and then you can cut them off. Is it true that uh, species tulips um, perennial or establish better and stay longer? They do. Yeah. yeah. For, first of all, they flower earlier. Okay. But if you're afraid of the of the yellow leaves, uh, Marianne, you can always plant them between daylilies or uh, stillbees or yeah. have the early f- early perennials coming up between those. Yeah, if a shade garden, you can do them yeah, in, in yeah. around hosta. And That's right. And then you won't see the yellow leaves um, that, that much or it well, doesn't, you have it to doesn't bother you. You have to stomp them down first. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Where there's a will, I'm, there's a way. I'm a, I'm a mean gardener. <laughs> no, you're, you were just ahead of us. In your approach. I don't know about that. <laughs> Our phone lines are still open at 356-9397 or text us at 351-5357 and ask your bulb questions to Jack DeVruman here with Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. Or come out and see Jack from 10 to 11. Absolutely. That's right. And ask even though question. he's going to be talking about alliums, which is Marianne's favorite. I'll be there. Genus of bulb, I, I would say. You can answer any question about any kind of bulb, whether it's outdoor enjoyment or even indoors, whether it's amaryllis or paper whites or anything yeah. else. Well, I'll explain again the which bulbs perennialize uh, best and also that there's are best for cut flowers. So I'll bring a whole bunch to the table and, uh, and talk about them and also a little bit about the indoor. The amaryllis are coming in in October. They're not here yet. They're coming in later, but uh, I'll explain about that too. Awesome. Excellent. We, I had a discussion with some people about amaryllis um, and how to put them outside in the growing season. So you let them bloom in the winter, and then you let the foliage go down like they naturally would. Then you can take them back outside, and they'll grow again. Well, I would I would go one step back, Marianne. I would uh, let the leaves stay on the, flower, on the, on the bulb. As long and, as I can. And, and, and plant the leaf outside as well. Okay. Because then they start establishing new growth for next year. Mm-hmm. But then comes September 15th, October, October 1st, take them inside, cut the leaves off, put them on the side, and plant them again end of November. Because you don't want those bulbs to get chilled like the other bulbs do. You don't have to. Absolutely. No, no, yeah. no, no. Actually, you need to bring them in for the winter. Exactly. Otherwise, they'll freeze. Originally, they came from Brazil. Oh. So, oh. so we'll we be looking at indoor plants that need, that need no chilling. Yep. These are yep. allium or paper whites you're uh, talking about? Amaryllis. Amaryllis. Yeah. Okay. So they want six or eight weeks of rest. Uh, at least, yeah. Eight yep. to 12 weeks of rest at the most, but you probably aren't going to get them to w- sleep for 12 weeks. They're going to want to start doing their thing. Oh right, right. And they're, they're beautiful. They're outside. They're, they grow about, uh, I would say, 20, 25 inches. 
Okay. And uh, indoor they stay a little shorter. And of course, with houseplants as well, if you put paper whites or amaryllis in the window at light, they stay shorter. The, the, the light will keep them short. Ah, I would have thought the opposite. Yeah. So do you see municipalities using amaryllis or some more of the tropical bulbs for their south? In the south, certainly. Yeah, in Florida, you see yeah, amaryllis in the, in, the, in, the, in the flower beds. Awesome. Paper rice as well. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So do amaryllis in their natural environment have um, a flowering time, a specific flowering time, like tulips and anything Same, else? Yeah. Of course, when the equator, is, there's no winter or summer. Right. But they do have a flowering time. Okay. But... Uh, but you can still make them flower. If if, if we were in, in southern Florida and we wanted to have them bloom at a certain time, we we could treat them differently and, and make them bloom at, at when we wanted to? Um, when you plant, yes. When, okay. you, when they're established, they'll flower when they flower. Right. Right? <laughs> they it's like kids. Their timetable. Yes, yes. Well, and I can't imagine, uh, you know, of course, I don't think I've ever seen a, a, a amaryllis bulb or plant blooming larger than what we would carry. I, I don't recall ever seeing one planted outside in a southern environment like that, but yeah. I, I can imagine how large some of them would get and how many stocks, flower stocks they would have. Yeah. You can see sometimes you, when you go to like a Chicago Botanic or, 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 or yeah. a Chicago Park District, and they, they have planted them inside and they have multiplied in, 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 in their uh, uh, Amazon greenhouse. You could see how many stems they get sometimes oh, and how, wow. how big they get. So they could have five or seven stems oh, or yeah. more? Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. But people do it themse- themselves too sometimes in the house. If they, if they, if they have big enough containers, they put them outside. Um, so they, they, they have a good root system. They can survive and bring them back in. So I really, if somebody had a shed... Huh. He huh. said, looking at Marianne. <laughs> I could do that. You could do that. So theoretically, uh, you would just cut, uh, once the foliage dies back, would you really need to take it out of the container to to let it do that? Yeah, I would recommend that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And fresh them up a little bit. So would you even let, in a perfect world, where Marianne's going to put this in her shed and do this thing, would you let it even be exposed to much more below 50 degrees or 45 degrees? Or what would you, what's the coolest you'd probably... Probably, it to. probably like like in the grass, forty five, not not cooler. They they yeah. don't need cooling. Yeah. Yeah, I keep my shed warmer than that. My potting shed yeah. warmer than that. Yeah. Okay. Here's a text. What's the deal when a gardener never has a full bulb return on planting them, but other non-bulb perennials, I do fine. Is it me or do others in our Champagne region have the same results? A bulb return. They mean just the results? Coming back year after year. Okay. And I think that's what we were addressing just a little bit ago, but there's some bulbs that, or tulip bulbs particularly, that I find don't, they'll they'll maybe bloom flower for two or three years and then they're done. They just don't come back. Yeah, yeah. And the reason for that is that that a tulip, when they they grow and they they multiply, they leave behind sclerotion and they make it a bad kind of area for that part. So daffodils don't have that. Or, or snowdrops, or, or, or that's the reason that we rotate our fields as well. So we have one year tulips, one year daffodils. So it doesn't hurt to rotate your planting sometimes. Plant tulips where you have daffodils now, plant daffodils where you have tulips right now, so keep the, the ground healthy. 
Wow. Okay. But some bulbs, particularly the iris from John, the the the, the galanthus, the daffodils, they do come back year after year. So a couple things that they the texture could do is again make sure you're planting deep enough to help ensure yes. overwintering and return, and then getting specific. So there's some that are just going to be easier, more rewarding in terms of returning year after year that Jack just mentioned. And then even within the tulip group, there are some types of tulips that would be more the reliable. Species, right. uh, the species, I, I, species that's why I asked and about the hybrid tulips, yeah. Right. Okay. So there you go. Great. Like everything else, read the package, read the label. There's so much information on there. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. All right. There's the music. It's the end of the show already. I can't believe it. But, Jack DeVroman, it's been so wonderful having you on the air again. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jack. Let's don't wait three more years till we see you again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll be back next year. (laughs) Okay, good. Awesome. And in the meantime, anyone else who has questions for Jack, uh, we encourage you to come on out for his presentation that he's going to make at 10 a.m. here at Prairie Gardens. Thanks to our experts, Marianne Metz. Thanks, Marianne. Thank you, dear. Thanks, Don Weisgarver. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Mr. Steve Thank Brown. You. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our producer is Dave Lee. We'll have a podcast of the show later today at WDWS.com. Have a wonderful weekend and go Illini! It's the most enchanting time of year. Pumpkins, gourds, and mums appear. And you can get it all this fall at Prairie Gardens. Create your dream garden with an explosion of color with the prettiest mums around. All on sale. And you'll love the fresh cabbage, kale, and pansies. Plus a bounty of pumpkins and gourds aplenty. With PG Plant experts always on hand to answer your garden questions. At Prairie Gardens, locally owned. Plant experts, extraordinary gardening, home decor, and more.